Welcome to the Paydia Education Podcast. I'm Dr. Bernie Wilkinson. I'm Dr. Richard Marshall. Happy Friday, Richard. Frivolous Friday. Fr- frivolous Friday. Frivolous. Wow. I'm feeling very, fr- uh, not frisky, that has a that's, connotation. That's a different But I'm feeling very good about it being Friday. Well, you know, I, I'm, uh, I was worried about us being able to broadcast today Why? because I have yet another court appearance today, but, but this luckily afternoon. for me, it's this oh. afternoon. I don't have to be there till 1.15, okay. so I could be here bright and, bright and uh, early. Well, not bright, because the sun's not up yet, um, right. but it's, you know, 6.30, and uh, here we go. That's right. That's right. Okay. But, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it always seems as though, as we're working to prepare for our, our weekly podcast, mm-hmm. It never seems to fail that something happens that says, hey, why don't you talk about this today? That's exactly what happened. I have a little stack of note cards, probably four or five, of mm-hmm. notes that I was taking about some topics that I wanted to cover yeah. today. Yeah. And lo and behold, uh, sometime around six or seven o'clock last night, mm-hmm. we get this notification. Right. Okay. Which... Uh, changes everything. It well, does. It changes everything for this morning, and it may change everything long term. Uh, this, uh, the, the, what we're talking about, does have long term implications. Yeah, and it and it just you know it, it's just once again um, something else that just adds to the um, the the drama. I don't know. I don't know what word to use for it. It's just you, you, at some point you just sit back and say, okay, here we go again. Here's another one. That was exact. Well, when I first heard about this, that was exactly my um, my yeah. reaction. So here we go again. So what we're referring to is that yesterday, and this just happened yesterday, April fourteenth, um, House Bill seventy twenty nine seven zero two nine was signed into by law. signed into law by Governor Rick Scott. Right. And what this bill does, it's an education bill that, uh, just to put it plain and simple. It allows any student in the state of Florida to attend any school in the state of Florida. Right. Doesn't matter what school you're zoned for. Doesn't matter where you live. As long as, as, long as your parents are willing to take you there, and as long as there's a space at the destination school, right. you can go anywhere you want. That's right. That's right. This is, this is the... Just so you understand, you know, typically um, in um, most states... The school you attended was the school in your neighborhood. Right. They were, they were neighborhood boundaries were drawn. Right. And so all the students in this particular area would go to a local school. Right. Let's remember the local school district. Right. Okay. In Florida, we have counties. Education is done by county. In many states, it's done by county. In Pennsylvania, it's done by district. Right. Which which could include many districts in a single county. Well, that probably makes sense because they're. Many of those counties are probably much more densely populated than here in here Right, the in northern Florida. counties yeah. tended to be. But like the place where I grew up in Pennsylvania, we had a county, but we probably had seven or eight school districts in that single county. Right, right. Each one had its own superintendent. Yeah, yeah. My, my district had two elementary schools and a middle school and a high, one high school, but it had its own superintendent. Meanwhile, here we are in Polk County in Florida, a, a county that's, a, that's about the size of Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have one superintendent, one superintendent for the entire county. Right. right. So, yeah, it's a little bit different by state. So, so there have always been these geographic boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then within the county, you had smaller boundaries 
about the local school. Right. So in, in Lakeland, for example, the kids who lived near Lakeland High School would attend Lakeland High School. Right. And the kids who lived farther north would attend um, Lake Gibson or Kathleen or some, some school in that area. And then when a district, uh, an area of the county becomes more populated, they build more schools to serve the kids in that right. area. Okay? Right. That's typically how this is. This is the whole idea of going to your zoned school, the school right. your children are zoned for. Right. right. That, however... Is changing. Is changing because of the whole concept of magnet schools, charter schools, really schools of choice. Well, right. And, and you know, let's, um, let's maybe differentiate a little bit because uh, just uh, last week or the week before, we talked about the bill that was coming up about athletics. Yes. That, yeah. that they were going to allow student, student athletes... To right. attend whatever school they wanted to attend. That's right. That's right. And you know, obviously, again, we had a problem with that because, well, we'll we'll get to what problems we have with it in just a moment. But, um, but this one, this bill is a little bit broader. I mean, it's open to. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete if you want to go to a to a school that that has a strong athletics program. It doesn't matter if you want to go to a that it's a you know a particular uh, subject matter that you want to study that only one school has. Mm-hmm. None of that matters anymore. Right. If you want to go to another school and there's a chair for you, you can go to that school right. as long and as your parents take you. And if I'm willing to drive my children to Tampa, right, and there's an opening, right. I can do that. Now, but this this bill is an extension of a process that started years ago where um, it was decided that uh, some of these local schools were not high quality. They weren't right. performing up to some standard. So the idea was if your child's school is failing, you should have the right to take your child out of that school and put your child right. someplace else. Right. So that was the idea. And again, that sounded good. And we've said on the program before, that sounds good. I'm going to take my child out of this failing school, and I'm going to put my child into a high-quality, high-performing school. Right. That sounds terrific. And it became, it became a... It was it was designed to solve a problem of underperforming schools, right? But it hasn't solved that problem, and I don't think this solution is going to solve that problem. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. Yeah, we do have a problem of underperforming schools. What we don't have is a solution, right, for underperforming schools, and 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 this new bill is not going to solve the problem of underperforming schools. Right. I, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday about this. And, um, you know, the as you said, on the surface, it's like, you know, you think, wow, this is this is great. Right. You know, we should be able to attend any school that we want yeah, to. I like the idea, as a parent, Right. I love the idea that I can send my child to any school in the state of Florida. Right. That sounds terrific. And, and I think that, you, you know, one of the things that in, in the article that I read um, – I'm, I'm trying to actually find the exact one that I read because I'm not sure if it was this one here from the Orlando Sentinel, uh, but I'll, I'll post it in the yeah, show that's notes. The one that I um, you know, they talk about um, other states who have implemented a similar thing, right. and you know, the, the issue is is that you know there's only there's only particular students who benefit from such a system. Yeah, one of the, I want to talk about this Colorado. Yeah. Um, right, Colorado. Yeah, right. I want to talk about that a little later on. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are, as with every such law, well, let, me, let me back up one minute. One of the problems I have with this bill is that it once again 
is government intrusion into education with no consultation and no thought about the cons or little thought about the consequences. In right. other words, here's a when when we when you did that education forum on testing, right? Over and over again, regardless of the of what side you were on, whether you're for or against right. high stakes testing. Over and over again, you heard the panelists say, well, this is a state law. We don't have a choice. Right. Okay. And imagine any other, imagine physicians right. you know, who have to live within those state law. I mean, you can't make a, a medical decision because of a state law. You right. can't make a, take any field. doesn't matter what right. it is. You can't make a decision because you, you can't do the right thing because a state law requires you to do something else. Right. But in education, it's almost routine. And this is another example of that, that the government, the, 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 the state of Florida makes a law, a handful of individuals in Tallahassee make a law that everybody now has to deal with. Right. Whether it makes sense or whether it's good education or not, we all have to adjust. Right. So that's problem number one, is that, you know, we talk about smaller government. We have an election. This is an election year, presidential right. election year. And we hear about government can't do this and it's too big and government is making, government is intruding into my life. This is another, this is really an example of government uh, making these decisions, making unilateral decisions um, about things that are going to have consequences that I don't think people are thinking about. Well, and, and I think that, you know, to your point, I, I think what, what's happening is that it gives the uh, illusion of of government not being involved in it. Right. It, it gives the illusion that... We're taking oh, no, government out. Because they're using the word choice. Right. No, right. you have the choice. No, I, we, the government's not making the choice for you. Right. You have the choice. That's right. And, but what it does is it, it's creating a, a system... Uh, the, the government is then creating a system that is flawed and, and mm -hmm. that is going to be problematic for right. uh, a, a number of reasons that we're going to right. get to. But there are caveats with this bill. One is, whatever school you select, it must have room. It, it has to have a place. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So number one, it must have uh, a, a space. Number two, parents have to provide transportation. Right. Uh, so that was one of the questions I had is... Mm -hmm. Uh, how would you bus all these kids all over that you can't right so parents have to be able to provide transportation and third um, the student cannot be under suspension or expulsion right that's the, that's the other so there are these three caveats now what that means is uh, you must have room nobody can do anything about that but well, the one... but you know what I want to say about the 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 school has to have room thing mm -hmm. here, here here's what I have to say about that all right, because when it's I read probably that, probably what I have to say about the, the first thing that came to my mind is, if there's a if there's a tough a student who's struggling, and, and the student's not doing well in school, they're you know, and, and they, they go to a, a school that uh, perhaps isn't as highly performing as some of the other schools, but that school that student isn't the strongest of students. He's not necessarily a, a very strong athlete. He's not very necessarily. Um, very um, strong academically. If that student tries to go to another school, all that other school has to say is, sorry, we don't have space for you. That's right, because if that student is a mediocre, let's say a B, C, D student, okay, a student, an average student. Or a student who struggles on the state assessment test. Right. Why would a school, now knowing that that child now is your responsibility on the state achievement test, right? why would you admit a student who might lower your grades? Right. And so... And then the, con conversely, 
if you have a student who's like a fantastic a athlete, student, right. he's a straight-A student, oh, of course we have space for you. They, every school will have space for high-achieving, talented, uh, whether it's talented in art, music, right. sports, whatever it is. I'll bet that there'll be a place yeah. for the high achievers. Absolutely. Yes, your child. Oh, your child got a perfect score on the uh, ACT. Absolutely, we have all kinds of space in whatever classes you want. Right. I, so I can see that happening. So yeah. number one, it must have room. Um, the school must have room. There's going to be a problem with that. Right. Number two, you have to provide your own transportation. That restricts that the people restricts who are able the, to do it. That's yeah. right. So who's going? Who's number one? You have to have a car. Right. Number two, you have to have the time to drive your child to this other school. Right. Um, in Orlando, that where one of the places where this is is being discussed, it might be an hour to an hour and a half, a right. two hour drive to go to the other school in rush hour. Right. Twice a day. Right. Well, who has time to do that? Right. I mean, right. Not people who work for a living. I can tell you that. Not single parents who are right. working. And so you automatically. This bill is only intended for certain, only certain students are, and families are going to be able to take advantage of this opportunity. Right, right. This is not an opportunity hey, for everybody. And that was mentioned in the Orlando Sentinel article. Right. Uh, again, I'm sure we'll get to that in just a few minutes. Right. But, um, but the, in this article, uh, there are several quotes that I found telling. One is, it gives one of the positives that was, was, uh, Presented in the article, it, quote, it gives parents more opportunity to pick the best school for their child. Right. Not sure what that means. Right. Um, the best school for my child um, would be what? I mean, am I choosing the highest achieving school right. or the closest school to my house or the school that has the, the, the right athletic team that my child is looking for? I mean, right. we're not talking about kids who are looking for a school of the arts. Right. Or a technology academy. Right. What What do we mean by that? And then right because this doesn't this doesn't include charter and magnet schools. Right. I mean, you right. can't just go to a charter or magnet school if you want to. That's right. You have to be on some list. Right. Okay? That's that's stuff still remains. Right. We're just talking about regular public school, regular quote unquote regular public schools. Right. Um, and so so the 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 magnet and charter schools already have waiting lists. Right. And you have to sign up, and you right. might get, and you might not. These are all the other public schools. So what is the best school? What do we mean by the best school? And once again, my question has always been, why are some schools so much better? And, right. and why are we tolerating underperforming schools? Underperforming schools aren't some um, vegetative vegetable that grows like a weed. Right. They're run by people. Right. And they can be fixed by people, as right. we've seen right here in, in Polk County. Right. Um, so... Why why are some schools selected because they're better or they're, I want my child to go to the best school? Why aren't all schools good? That has always been our question, is why, why, do, we, why do we tolerate underperforming schools? Why, what's the problem there with underperforming schools? Number two. Well, let me, let me okay. throw something right there real quick, because the other thing is, and, and this is going to ruffle feathers. Not your feathers, I, I, I will assume. Mine but, are ruffled already. Every time I talk about this. I wonder how many parents, not how many parents think they know, but how many parents actually know what school is best for their kids. That's right. How would you, what metric are they using right. to, to determine 
whether the school is the best school for their kid or not. Yeah, and I would guess that they're looking for the school that has the best reputation or that has the highest grade on tests or, you know, more kids go to college if you right. go to that school or something. And, and so, or and, it's safer. Here's another issue. Right. Safe, it's safe. safer and cleaner. Right. You know, uh, what, the, what do you mean by the best fit for your child? Right, because, you know, we don't... We think about what type of environment we would want our kid to be in. That's right. The safety and, the, and you know, oh, high quality and all this kind of stuff. But we don't necessarily, many parents don't necessarily have an aptitude at determining how their kid will fit into that right. system. Or we all want our kids to go to a nice new school with good equipment and good mm -hmm. facilities. Okay? Right. Is that what we mean by the best fit for my child? I want my child to go to the best, newest, brightest, brand new place that she can go to. Right. Guess what? That school's going to be full. Right. There'll be plenty of places at the rundown, dirty, right. dangerous areas. So, uh, so that th this this again, it sounds wonderful gives parents more opportunities to pick the best school for their child. Right. The best schools are, go are going to have waiting lists. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we've, we talked about that when we talked about the charter and magnet schools. Right. That, you know, there, there's, there's always going to be lists. When you, when you make something um, a little bit less accessible, mm -hmm. it's going to create a, a value to it that's going to make it more difficult to attain. Right. The other comment was... Um, for, this is from Patricia Levesque, who is the executive director of the Foundation for Florida's Future. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Ooh. Schools, that, uh, families will be able to schools that best meet their needs. Again, one issue is what is the best school? The other is to meet my child's needs. How in the world will I know that? Right. You know, we're not talking about a school of the arts because that's a magnet school. Right. Okay. We're talking about regular public schools. How, how would I possibly, am I going to pick the school? For example, my daughter plays tennis. Mm -hmm. Am I going to choose the school in Florida that has the best tennis team? Right. Is, is, is that why I'm choosing that school? Because it has a good tennis team and I want her to be on a first rate tennis team that goes to the state tournament every year. Right. Okay. Or is it about education? But again, if I can't drive my child Let's say I wanted to go to Wiregrass, Wiregrass in um, Tampa, near Tampa, mm -hmm. the nearing Tampa. Very good tennis team every year, year after year. They produce great tennis teams. If I want my daughter to go there, first of all, they have to have an opening. Chances right. are they don't because it's a very desirable school district. Right. Number two, I have to be able to get her there. That's a, at least an hour drive every day. At least an hour drive. Not in rush hour. It's probably more than that. Okay. There and then another hour back. That's right. So and then that another means, hour there to pick her up and another hour back. That means some driving adult has to have four hours a day for her to go there until she can drive herself. And then, and then a sixteen-year-old right. has to be driving herself in rush hour traffic um, in that area, you right. know, which is not a pleasant um, experience for anybody. So, so I mean, there are all kinds of limitations here. Now. Even with those, so again, what sounds good, let's think about how that's going to work in real life. Um, you mentioned Colorado. Yeah. Okay. There is a state because um, one of the things we can do, well, well, have other states done this? Mm -hmm. And what's their experience? Right. Okay. Well, Colorado has done this. Right. Colorado did this years ago. Have you ever driven in Colorado? No. Oh my gosh. It snows in Colorado. Oh yeah. They also have mountains. Yeah. I can't imagine driving any kind of a distance in the winter in Colorado. Right. I, I don't, I'm amazed that they, I thought maybe, you know, some Southern state or Texas or something where, but Colorado has done this here. Here are the data from Colorado. They did it about 10 years ago. Right. Um, only 
of their students use this open enrollment right. alternative. Right. Okay. Um, so you say on the one hand, well, then it's not a very big deal. The parents who want to, no, the parents who can. Yeah. Okay. Also, if you're only meeting the needs of 10% of the students, you still have all the same problems right. for it's 90%. Not, it's not solving any problem. It is not solving any problem. It's solving the problem for one out of 10 kids. And number one, who are those kids? Okay. But right. number two, okay, what about the 90%? You and I have said that many, many times here. The 20 or 30% of high achievers, their needs are being met. Right. Those kids have choices. Their parents have choices. Their needs are being met. It's at 30 or 40% that we're always concerned about. The, right. You know, the 20 to 40% that we're always concerned about. Also, when you talk to the people in Colorado, what they're saying is most of the people who take advantage of this bill are middle and upper class families. And what they're doing is they're taking their kids out of high-achieving schools and putting them in higher-achieving schools. Right. Okay. Right. And that's who gets it. So it's the same group that's advantaged by choice as it currently exists. So we're, when, when we say it gives parents more opportunity, no. It gives more parents in this same group additional opportunities. Right. It doesn't give all parents right. that. It gives some parents that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the same problems remain. I mean, yeah. this number one, it's if, if let's say Florida does ten percent of Florida school children. Well, okay, so how do we solve the problems of the ninety percent? Right. The problem that's all, that that confronts us is how do we educate poor and disadvantaged children? Right. We know how to educate wealthy children. I know how to educate my kids. Okay. Right. How do we educate the poor, the disadvantaged, the struggling? That's the problem that we haven't solved yet. And this bill isn't going to solve that problem. Right. It's going to make more choices available to people who already have choices. Right. Yeah. And, and I, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as this takes place, because this, this bill is set to be enacted. Next year. Starting next year, yeah. the 2017-2018 school year. That's right. And what, will, what, what I'm concerned about, what I'm worried about, and, and you know, this was mentioned in the article too, and I'm not sure if this is on your list, but the other concern is how do schools prepare? You know, if, if a student can come and go, if students can come and go anytime, you know, it, you know there, there's no, nothing that I read that mm-hmm. suggests that, well, it has to be done at the beginning of the year, it has to be done at the end of a quarter, it has to be done at the beginning of no. a semester. Sounds like they can do it anytime. Anytime. How does it? How does the school prepare? How do they know what their census is? How do they know if a student is um, what students come to their school and what right. students are going to be transferring to another school? That's right. Because in in Florida today, or in any state, you are given a the amount of money you get for each student is determined by your census in October and February. Right. Okay, and. Um, I don't know whether they're going to have some time restriction right. on the transfers that you have to do it before October or you can't do it after February. Because if you if your money is allocated based on February, any student you take after February, you don't get reimbursed for that student. Right. Okay? So again, there are there are all kinds of consequences here that I'm not sure we we've we've thought through them all. One final comment before we there's a couple other things that we should talk about in relationship to this new bill. The last comment is, uh, I mentioned Patricia Levesque. She is the executive director 
of an organization called the Foundation for Florida's Future. The Foundation for Florida's Future was founded by then Governor Jeb Bush. Right. And it is, Governor Jeb Bush has been a proponent of school choice since the 90s. Right. And he has pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to privatize education in the state of Florida. When I moved here in 2001, Polk County had more charter schools than the whole state of Illinois. Right. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, it's been pushed since he was governor. And after he left office, he continued his foundation for Florida's future in Tallahassee. And uh, Michelle Ree, who was the superintendent in, in Washington, D.C., other uh, people who are advocates of school choice have worked in that foundation over the years. And they have pushed Florida. They have advocated and pushed and lobbied for school choice in Florida since he was governor in the 1990s. So this is just another foray. This is, the, this is another foray, another way to put another layer of school choice um, on our state. What bothers me about these bills, these laws that are coming out of Tallahassee, is that they are a simple solution for a very complex problem. Right. This, this is not, this is another bill, whether it's vouchers, whether it's um, uh, this House bill that was just passed, they are simple minded solutions for much more complex problems. And as we saw in Colorado, it's not solving problems for ni for 90% of the people. Well, and, and I think that, I think another way to, to put that is that it's an attempt to solve a problem that isn't being defined. Mm -hmm. What, and we've talked about that on the podcast before, what is the problem? Right. You know, what is the problem that this perspective of school choice that this bill, what is the problem that it's solving? Mm -hmm. You know, are, are parents really saying, you know what, I really don't have enough choices for my kid to go to, to school? No. If they are saying that, it's because they can't get into the magnet and charter schools. It's not because they want to be able to go to a different public, high, public school. Right. The problem is they don't have enough choices. Right. It's not... The, because we, 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 we are disillusioned to believe that, well, with more, with more freedom equals more choice. No. And so if you have more choices, then, oh, well, then you're going to, right. you know, then that's how you're going to succeed is if you have more choices. Right. You said something earlier about, um, which I liked, I hadn't thought about it, but when, when, when we're told um, you'll have more choice, it, it sounds like we're being given something. Right. When we really aren't. It's the government saying, this is what you can do now. Right. You can't do it. Right. But, but we're allowing you to do it. No. We're telling you you can. Right. But you really can't. Well, okay. you know, it, 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 when you say it like that, it makes me think of, um, you know, in, in our field, in, in mental health field, um, you know, there's different personalities, right? And um, one of the more challenging personality types is the narcissistic personality. Right. And it, it's always interesting when the narcissistic personality, when a person with narcissistic personality comes to therapy, because what they'll tell you is, "Go, you can go ahead and tell me what I should do to fix this problem. It's like his, the, the, the ego is so, so, so strong, strong right. that it's, I have to give you permission to give me some advice on how and, I can do things. And I'll decide whether I do it or not, right. whether I like your advice or not. Right. right. And, and this is sort of like the government being that narcissistic being nar uh, mm -hmm. patient that right. 
I'm going to go ahead and let you decide what you can do um, right. within these boundaries. You right. know, I'm going to set limits for you and everything. But right. you know, yeah. So so be careful. Um, beware. What happens? I think beware of the Trojan horse. Um, this is another one of those things that sounds wonderful on the surface, but it's not going to work. And it, it's not going to work for most people. Number right. one, and it's not going to solve the problem. And 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 you said, what is the problem? Right. Is the problem in education that we don't have enough choice? No. It doesn't seem like it. No. The problem in education isn't that we don't have enough choice. If it was, then give people more choices. Okay? But that's not the problem. The problem is we have underachieving schools that people want to escape from. Right. How do we fix those underachieving schools? Or do we close them and build new high-achieving schools? Okay? Uh, Nobody nobody would favor that because that takes too much money. Right. So so let's, let's think very carefully about what problem we're trying to solve. And the problem we're trying to solve is how do we get kids out of underachieving schools? But the problem before that is why do we have underachieving schools? Right. Okay. So this bill doesn't solve the same problems that we've always dealt with in education. One is our schools are overcrowded. Many schools are overcrowded. Right. Enough space. Number two, they're underfunded. I mean, we have schools where we can't make necessary uh, repairs to them because we don't have the money to do that. Number three, 20%, and we've said this before on these podcasts, 20% of children um, who attend public schools, that's one in five, right. um, 20% have serious behavioral, emotional, and academic difficulties that we, don't, we aren't sure how to address. Okay. Right. We, we haven't solved the problem of the 20%. We know how to, we know how to deal with the other 80%. And this whole choice thing might work for the 80%, but it doesn't work for the 20%. Doesn't and isn't. Um, third, we have a discipline, or fourth, we have a discipline problem in our public schools. Right. Um, I, I'm, I, one of the things I was going to talk about today was a, uh, was an email I got from one of our listeners. And she, she began the email with, my dear friend. And so I knew I was in trouble, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I didn't know this I didn't, I don't know this, I don't think I know this person. But she began, I think it was a she. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a woman. Um, yes, a concerned mother. Um, so my dear friend. And she said, the reason she's choosing to send her kids to a magnet school is not because of the education. It's not because, she said... I don't want my kids in a school where they're not doing anything about discipline. Right. Okay. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe parents are choosing these alternatives because some of these schools um, allow children to misbehave. They tolerate a level of misbehavior. Right. Okay. That's okay. If that's a problem, then we need to come up with that problem. If you're trying to escape because the school is dangerous or uh, too many disruptions for your child to get an education or there's, there's, there are things going on in the school that you don't want to have happen. Okay, those are problems that we have to find a solution for. Taking your child out of the school doesn't solve the problem of that school. Right. Okay. Well, and you know, I, I think that um, what I was looking for is that earlier in the, earlier in the week, uh, right. so yesterday this news report came out uh, about the, the new bill, and, you know, as we talk about what the real problem is as it relates to not... Why do we have low-performing schools? We know the bottom line is money. Yeah, right. right. Well, earlier this week, 
um, the a, a court case wrapped oh, yes. up, right. talking about uh, the, a, a case that was filed against the Florida Department of Education right. that we are we are not funding education enough. I we, think Florida is the lowest per capita. The national, reimbursement in the country. Uh, according to this article from the South Florida Reporter, the national funding level per student, the national, mm-hmm. is about $9,700 right. per student. Florida, now this is after adjusting for regional differences and district sizes and stuff like that, Florida's was 7000 Okay. So $2,700 less per student. Right. In right. funding from the state. Right. So now you have, and, and this is the juxtaposition, the strange juxtaposition. Here you have two events happening in the same week, in the same state. Right. One says, we can solve our problems by giving people more choice. Right. And at the very same time, we're told that there's a lawsuit moving through the court. In fact, that lawsuit's been around for four years. Right. It keeps yeah, getting it's taken blocked. a long time. Okay. Yeah. So... So now we have a law that says the problem in Florida is we're not funding our schools adequately. In right. fact, we're $2,500 per student. Right. You know, go to any principal and say, here, we're going to give you $2,500 per student more. Okay. Right. Well, what does that translate? That translates into guidance counselors, well, school psychologists, um, extra help, extra teachers, aides. I mean, that money could be put to good use. Well, That's well, just the average. One class of 20 students. Mm-hmm. Would get, stu- would, would get you another would um, would get you another would get you another teacher. Right, that's right. Paying her fifty thousand dollars a year. That's right. Every class would generate fifty thousand more dollars. Yeah. Okay, and so, so when you when you when you see these two things side by side, you begin to scratch your head and say, wait a minute, what? You're talking about school choice. That's like that's like taking some homeless person and and you know. Uh, I don't know. Put a pair of Gucci shoes on a homeless person. You know, yeah. it doesn't, That's doesn't fix solve this problem. the problem. You know, right. a brand new pair of Gucci shoes isn't isn't going to solve this problem unless he sells them. Um, but it doesn't solve the problem. I didn't know Gucci made shoes. I don't. I don't know that kind of stuff. Okay, so they don't sell that at Kohl's. And That's the fifth thing, <laughs> they might. They so, might. So number one. Overcrowded, underfunded, we don't solve the problem of the 20%. We're not addressing the discipline problem, and that's a problem in schools. And also, how do we improve? The last thing is, how do we improve these underfunded schools? That's the pro- or underperforming schools. How do we improve the schools that are currently underperforming? And, and when we look at all those problems, again, you know, they need resources. That's right. Uh, all these things are going to take money. Right. You cannot do that. Governor Scott, you cannot do this on the cheap. Right. It's going to take money. And this $400 billion tax cut that you were bragging about this week, some of that $2,700 difference could be from that tax cut. Okay. We don't need tax cuts. We need more money put into education and other policies. Okay. I'm sorry. It's going to take money. Other states do it. There's no reason why Florida can't do it. This is a wealthy state. This is a wealthy state. And you go through Miami and Tampa and Pinellas and these coach beaches, there's a lot of money in this state. Yeah. Uh, It's just, um, there's a lot, there's enough money to do this. Nobody's going to have to suffer pain to increase uh, what we're doing. My tax bill isn't going to change from year to year. It doesn't. I'm sorry. It does not change from year to year. So take that 400 billion and plow it back into infrastructure and education. Right. You know. Um, yeah. It's, that's that's what it's going to take. I mean, we we have to. Right. It, well, I mean, it, it almost seems ridiculous to even have to say right. that you know to fix up this kind of problem, you, you just you just need to 
invest in it. You need, right. to, you need to pay for it. That's right. And the final comment um, that I want to make, because I want to go back to this discipline thing just for a minute, because I was struck by this mother's um, right. email. Um, schools function as sorting, S-O-R-T-I-N-G. They function as great sorting machines. Right. Okay? Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, we talked yeah. about it in the past. And um, there are two, two uh, professionals who have written extensively on this. One is Bill Ayers from the University of Illinois, and the other is Joel Spring. Joel Spring's been writing about this since the 70s. It's not a new idea. And Bill Ayers says one of the reasons we don't um, change public schools is they do one thing extraordinarily well. They sort people out. Right. <laughs> they really do. They, they select, I mean... It's through school that you become successful or unsuccessful, whether whether it's the school you go to or something about your temperament and personality. Right. And so schools perform this function. And but I think it ought to be a benign function. I, I don't yeah. you know, um, I was there was a program on uh, there's a program in New York um, that was uh, discussed yesterday on the news where people are there's a public campaign for people to donate unused musical instruments to students who are enrolled in the arts academies, poor students who, who, who are enrolled in the arts academies who can't afford an instrument. You know, musical instruments are very expensive. Yeah, okay? yeah. Um, and so um, many students, who are, many talented students uh, who otherwise could uh, be pursuing careers in music or be playing music um, uh, uh, in their school, yeah, can't because they can't afford the rent or the purchase of an instrument. Which makes sense. So New York had this huge campaign to um, to ask people if they have a if they have an unused would they please donate it, and so they had this huge exchange. I think it was at Lincoln Center, and um, the story was about a Jewish man who survived the Holocaust and bought a violin in 1946 from a flea market in hmm. Germany or Poland. He was from Warsaw. Um, and, and was able to play the violin again now that he had survived the Holocaust and he had started to play the violin again. He's now in his 90s. And he gave his instrument to the school. And the instrument was given, this prized violin that has this wonderful history, was given to a 12-year-old girl hmm. uh, who otherwise wouldn't have been. And, and they said the big ceremony and everything. And it was a wonderful, heartwarming story. But at the end, uh, or, or during, the, during the broadcast, the, the uh, news person, the woman who was uh, telling the story and, and uh, witnessed the event, said that this 12-year-old girl had been selected for this art school. And, and the, the announcer said, in, in effect, she won the lottery. She won because it's by lottery. Right. And I thought... It's a wonderful story until right. she got to that. And then I thought, isn't it sad that she had to win? Her name was pulled from a hat. Right. And that's how she got educated. In right. the United States of America, your name is pulled from a hat. So you won the lottery. And my first thought was, what about those kids who didn't get pulled from the hat? Right. What happens to them? They're less worthy you, somehow. You lost... You lost the opportunity for an education. Why? Because we don't have enough places. We right. don't have enough places for all the students who want to be educated. It's not that we can't educate kids. It's that we don't have enough places right. to educate all the kids who want an education. That's the sad part. It's a heartwarming story about the violin, but a sad story about the state of education in the United States. Yeah. And yeah, that's what absolutely. struck me about that, that story is why do we have to win 
Why do you have to get an education by lottery? Why can't we offer a high quality education to every kid? Why can't every school be good? Let's solve that problem. And then we won't have to escape underperforming schools. Let's not have underperforming schools. Right. Okay. Exactly. I'll get it off. Yeah. It's not Okay. Hey, off that soapbox. That's why I was excited about Friday. I was excited about coming in here this morning because I wanted to talk about this, and I, I think we should never stop talking about it. Yeah. We have to. All the schools have to be good. All the schools have to be safe. All the schools have to be disruption free. Right. And, and, and exactly. That, that's the that's the the wrap up that I was going to say is that you know it, it's not just the education. It's the safety. It's the it's the security, it's the comfort, it's the, um, it's the um, availability of opportunities, it's, the, it's all of those things that go into creating and, and, and providing a, a quality education. And, you know, we, you know, unfortunately, bills like what was passed this week, mm-hmm. what they're going to do is they're going to create situations that reinforce that this school that's can right. offer you that, but right. those schools can't. Yeah, when, when I hear, let me send my kid to the best school, every school should be the best school. Right. I should be able to send my child to any school in this country, and it should be safe and clean and disruption-free right. and offer a high education. Right. And if it doesn't, close that school and start a new one. Right. Okay. Don't, right. don't, don't tolerate underperformance. Uh, but the solution is not to take the high achievers out. Right. That's not going to solve the problem. Yeah. No. Absolutely not. So. All right. I'm okay. We get. Did we get that? Going back to work. Yes. All right. We got that. I. I would appreciate any comments. Yeah. That I'd like have. to hear what other people think. I'd like to hear. You know, if you're, if you're a parent who feels that this bill would be beneficial for you, that you feel that this bill would is going to offer you or your child some opportunities that they may not otherwise have. I would love to hear about it because, you know, perhaps, you know, we we are certainly open to the idea that we are seeing it from a, uh, from a narrowed view. Um, So we'd love to hear from you. And I'd also like to hear from the 90% who can't take advantage of it for one reason or another. How do do we solve those problems? And that's a, that's a, that's, those are things that we have to solve together. Absolutely. Please let us know. Absolutely. So, all right, um, announcements uh, for this week. We we're still we still got the um, we're, we're finishing up, almost done. Almost we're, finished. We've almost got a date that we'll be able to release for the first section, first section. of the mm-hmm. uh, raising an emotionally healthy child uh, handbook. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really I'm really looking forward to getting that out and right. getting that available to people on um, Kindle. That's mm-hmm. where, that's where we're going to release it first. Um, we should also mention that we have a new study. That we're yeah. going to be undertaking at the University of South Florida. Yeah. Right? That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be looking at uh, a variety of things, especially w- with this podcast. It makes mm-hmm. sense that we're looking at interventions and we're, we're creating, we're going to create a new model, mm-hmm. paradigm, uh, and, and manual for for teachers dealing with uh, challenging behaviors These in the classroom. Di- that's right. The yeah. real difficult kids that we're all struggling with. Yeah. Uh, we've developed a model, and we're going to be working with students at the University of South Florida. Yeah, we're going to have it. We're going to get our, our research group together mm-hmm. within the next couple of weeks, and right. we'll get that rolling, and hopefully... Mm-hmm. We're going to be meeting on Mondays. All right. That's what they. That's what the students uh, asked if Mondays would work for us. Okay. But I told them I'd talk to you and let them know. All right. Well, um, so that's coming up. Uh, the book is coming up. Uh, I'm, we're still working on the Udemy course. We should have that, have that coming up soon. And I think we're talking about doing a workshop 
yeah, next month right. um, with our friends May. at, yes, in May, with our friends at Webster University. Mm-hmm. And um, we're just nailing down a, a particular date. And we're going to do it. We're going to do a workshop on ADHD. Mm-hmm. Talk about, you know, what is, what, what is ADHD? Um, how, Re- do you, how do you know it when you see it? And- yeah, recent advances. You know, this is another time I think when it, 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 every once in a while you have to pause and, and bring everybody up to date right. on the most recent advances in ADHD. There's a lot of stuff happening right. in the area of ADHD, um, uh, brain-based uh, neurobiological things, right. medication changes. There's right. a liquid medication. So a lot of a lot of new things. Quillivant. Quillivant. And so we want to bring um, bring um, uh, folks up to date right. on what's happening in the world of ADHD for mm-hmm. issues at home, issues at school, right. issues mm-hmm. everywhere. So, so we'll be announcing the specific date for that coming up soon. But that will be in May. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're excited about that here, That's here be in good. Lakeland and at Webster. It's a nice location yeah. out at Lakeside. Lakeside Village. Um, you mm-hmm. can come, and afterwards we can, you know, you can go out and have dinner or shop yeah. or whatever. So we're I'm excited about the venue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of things coming up, a lot of things going on, and uh, summer's so approaching. We only have one. We're at the last quarter of the school year. Yeah. As unbelievable as that only sounds. Only eight more Mondays left. We have almost been here a year. Yeah, yeah. You really? It's that? unbelievable. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, if you listen to us on iTunes, we'd love for you to write a review, um, uh, uh, rate us, and let us know what you think. Um, of course, that increases. Yeah, it lets other people find us and know that we're here and so that they can join in on the conversation and be part of what's going on with uh, what we think are pretty important topics, at least. I think they are. Okay. Yeah, we got got to keep these fires burning. Yes. Lots of lots of things need to happen. Um, so Absolutely. stay tuned. So, all right. Well, that wraps it up for today. This was episode 17, by the way. Okay. So, um, so until next week, I'm Dr. Bernie. I'm Dr. Richard. Have a great week and... Uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the testing. The, enjoy the te- enjoy I testing. Enjoy testing next the week. Other day. She said, "A guidance counselor." She said, "We're going to be testing from now until the end of the year." Yeah. She said, "We have test. It's a K through eight school. Mm-hmm. K- yeah, K through eight. She said we will have testing every day between now and the end of the school year." Yeah. There was there was a there was a school that had up on their they, they posted up on Facebook. There was a school here in town, a middle school that had on their uh, board out by the road that said uh, school testing um, it said something today's date like uh, April 15th or something right. uh, through June 6th that's right yeah they're doing for the, she said for the remainder of the year, I yeah. said that's a reduction in testing and that's just the kids are being tested not the kids whose classes are disrupted right. because their teachers and all the other staff are doing testing are you trying to do another podcast I'm not alright I give we've already said our names that's supposed to be the end <laughs> Okay, Okay. next week. All right, until next week. Bye-bye, guys.